what I was taught was that the people watching are the most important people because those are the people that are going to matter to you for the rest of your career. Hello and welcome to the Phobie Insider podcast. I'm delighted to have a Canadian country legend on today's podcast, Mr. Aaron Prochette. Uh, how are you doing, uh, Aaron? I'm doing very well, Nathan. Thanks for uh, thanks for calling. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, Aaron has been a household name in Canadian country music for over 20 years, and he will be starting his The Lick It Up tour in North America early next year uh, while releasing his latest single of the same name. So we very much appreciate you coming out of your very busy schedule, uh, Aaron. So uh, how are you feeling about the upcoming tour and, and the release of the single? Oh, I'm I'm beyond excited. Uh, I haven't had a single out on radio in about three years. Um, so this is this is at least out there so people can hear. So this single is called Liquored Up, <laughs> appropriately, you know, named, uh, obviously, for my brand. Uh, but uh, it'll be out November... Or third, November 3rd, it gets released to DSPs, which is digital service providers such as Spotify, iTunes, iMusic, uh, Google, all that, and also be released to Sirius XM. So I'm super excited because not only is it, has it been almost three years, but it's also uh, something that is more of what my fun, upbeat party show, you know, uh, entails is this kind of a song. And this is really what it's all about for me. It's it's kind of anthemic, um, and it just gets people feeling good. And hopefully, hopefully we have uh, people singing along to it right away, like I've seen a few times already in shows that we've done. So I'm super excited. That's that's a simple answer. I, I'm beyond excited. My expectations are, you know, here, but my hopes are beyond the ceiling. So let's see what happens. So how, how long does it normally take to release a single? What's the process like? Well, the process is quite long. Typically, we recorded we recorded all the songs, all eight songs, actually seven songs. And this liquored up version, I have two versions of. I have my version and I have a version that's the one that's being released on Friday with uh, Corey Marks and Matt Lang, two great Canadian artists, country artists. But we recorded this album in April and... You know, by the time we're getting all the masters done, which is, you know, uh, kind of your final process when recording, is this week. So, I mean, it's November 1st and uh, we're just kind of finishing up all the final touches. But that's the thing is that it takes quite a long time to do. And um, but I'm patient. I'm very patient. And I've been I've been long waiting for this to happen. So by the time the single comes out, everything's ready. It's about a six month process. And then the preparation for releasing a single uh you, you got to start prepping you know like three months out and most people are thinking oh you record the song you just put it on radio that's not the way it works it's it's like a three to three sometimes four month process so that you're prepped and ready to go in all aspects of the single release well wow, that's fascinating there's so much involved just in kind of making sure that it all launches perfectly and well and it's received well i guess You've been a country fan favorite in North America for uh, over two decades. I'm sure you love hearing that, and uh, especially in Canada. Um, and and while you're here, and while I have you, and we're talking about the tour, and we just kind of want to hear how it all started, uh, kind of what your inspiration was, and how you got into country music, and 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 kind of taking you on to now this liquor tour, and uh, yeah, wh where it all started. Mm -hmm. 
Well, it all began one fateful night in January of uh, 1991. Uh, I was 20 years old. I was just newly married earlier the year before at 19. I had my first child, Jordan, my oldest son. uh, I had just turned 20 two or three weeks before, and I was jobless. I had no work. I didn't know what I was going to do. Uh, looked around for any kind of job I could. I cleaned carpets. I laid carpets. I uh, you know, worked in a gas station, worked in a restaurant. I did everything I could. My heart was definitely not in that type of work. And, and not that I don't work hard. You know, if I have a hard, manual labor job, I go you know, to the wall and I work my hardest. But it wasn't in my heart. And I don't know. I couldn't figure out what it was. And ever since I was a kid, I was an entertainer. I mean, even on my report cards when I was growing up was uh, Aaron's a very smart kid, but if he could focus and not try to entertain the class, that was on every report card. So anyways, uh, yeah, in, in 1991, in January 1991, I went to a karaoke and karaoke was brand new back then. Everybody was like, what's this karaoke thing? So you go to these restaurants or bars or pubs or whatever, and they have this karaoke going. What everybody knows as karaoke today was at the very beginning stages. Anyway, my mom convinced me to get up and sing a song. And I'm like, I'm not a singer. My sister was the singer. She wanted to be a singer. And uh, that's why we went is so that my sister could try this new karaoke thing and try singing. And I'm like, I'm a shower singer at best. So anyways, my mom convinced me to get up and sing a song. So I went up and got uh, picked my song that you know, probably the toughest song you can imagine. It's it's a song called from a band called Foreigner called uh, Waiting for a Girl Like You. And it's got these really high notes in it. And I just went up and sang it because I like the song. Anyway, the guy who was running the karaoke came to me about 10 minutes later and said, hey, uh, do you want a job working for me? And I was like, what? Do you, do you want me to take your equipment out to your car for you after the show? What, what do you want? And he said, no, you're a really good singer. I want you to work for me and do these shows. What? So it just kind of happened from there. I, I wasn't a singer. I, I wanted to be an actor and, you know, always joking around. So the comedian part of me was there too, since I was a kid, but not singer necessarily. That's wild. Anyway, I, I fell right into it. And uh, eventually, you know, long story short, I, I started a band. I won some talent searches and then everything kind of blew up. Uh, you know, over the course of 20 years. And now it's 30 years later and 30 plus years later and still doing it, still out there giving her. That's wild. I guess your acting passion also comes out in your shows because you're obviously known for being such a, an entertainer on stage. That's that's wild that you didn't even you didn't even want to be a singer or didn't even think about being a singer and like boom, you just you just have this natural talent that's that's wild. I can't even, I wish I had. <laughs> I got lucky, you know, I mean, I don't take it for granted. Uh, I think at first when everything took off back in the early 2000s for me in my career and everything sort of blew up, um, I kind of lost track of myself and I lost track of, you know, friends and family. And, and I regret that to this day, but making up for it now because I don't miss those moments uh, as things, you know, if, if they ever take off again. So I remember where I came from and I remember who I am and who my friends and family are so absolutely and and you're and so have you always been involved with the charity side of of things i know you're a, a canuck alumni and and how did you get involved with that and 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 all that good stuff well you know to let the cat out of the bag i was born in 1970 which is also the same year that the canucks uh became uh a team 
legitimate team in the NHL. So, I mean, I come by it honestly, but I, I've loved hockey since I was a kid, since uh, as far back as I can remember, the Canucks were my favorite team. And I remember the 94 team with Cliff Ronning and, and Kirk McLean and Dave Babich and Yerke Lume and all these guys that went to the, the finals and lost by one goal in the finals, uh, the final game, game seven. But anyway, I, I was a huge fan of those guys, but I played hockey my entire life since I was a little, little boy, still do. And they, they contacted me. Uh, I think it was about 2015, something like that. They contacted me and said, hey, we want to add some associates to uh, our alumni. Uh, we have a lot of alumni, but we want to add the odd entertainer. And we want you. So I was blown away. And, and still to this day, I, I go out there and play hockey with my heroes. And if you know anybody can imagine, you, you get to do something that your heroes do with them. And it's just, it's, it's mind boggling, but we, we do lots of events trying to raise money for, uh, different charities all across British Columbia. And I couldn't be more proud to be an alumni member. Yeah, that's amazing. And that kind of leads us on to your big projects that you've been having on with the annual big wheel charity golf classic and, and, and raising $150,000 over the past couple of years. So what, what drives you to do that? What kind of makes you okay i've done my music i've I'm, well, I'm doing my music i'm, I'm very busy uh, doing all these thoughts with my family whatever you know and then you want to do charity and then you want to like launch these events so you can give back mm -hmm. why how how do you have time <laughs> like how does it all fit into a, a schedule like yours i think i think you can i, I always look at it like there's always time there is, no matter what. I mean, you can say, oh, I don't really have time. And then you find yourself watching TV for two hours. It's like, well, that was two hours just wasted. You've always got time. Um, I think for me, it's, uh, you know, somebody special to me, Sarah Bramley, who came into my life and has changed many, many things about me. One thing was, is she's very charitable herself. She worked with a lot of nonprofit organizations, still does. Um, but she said, you want to start this golf tournament? Let's do it. Let's do it. And we, we made it happen. And she made, she, she does all the organizing and, you know, with her and her committee, uh, they put on this event that I'm, I'm a part of, but I'm, I'm not near as much of a part, uh, of the organization, organization side of it as she is, but whatever they need me for. And I mean, the thing is, is that we're, we're trying to raise money for uh, typically what it's been for is like kids sports or the Nanaimo Lady Smith Schools Foundation here on Vancouver Island. And it's for kids. Uh, I think the main thing is, is that I was, I was a child who grew up with, um, I wouldn't say nothing. We had some, but my parents couldn't afford to pay for my hockey. So I, I had to get a paper route when I was 12 so that I could pay for my own hockey uh, that year, the year after. And so, because I just loved playing, it wasn't because I had to be a star in the NHL. I just loved playing the sport and I would do anything it took. And I don't think kids should have to do that at 12 and 13, support themselves um, in that way in order to play a sport or, you know, feed themselves or have some independence, learn independence. So that was our main, um, our main objective with, uh, with the golf tournament and any charitable thing that I'm a part of is typically to do with kids and, you know, you find the time, you make the time, and that's all there is to it. 
Yeah, it is true. We do have time in the day and um, um, it's easy to get distracted by things, but having that focus and that goal in, in your day-to-day -day is, is super important. So why why did you kind of particularly pick golf? Was there a particular reason? You're a golfer <laughs> as well. You do, you fit golf into your head. <laughs> yeah, this is, this is the big wheel charity golf classic. I didn't realize I was wearing the hat, but uh, yeah, I love golf. Um, I'm a, you know, being from a hockey background, golf is sort of the second sport, if not baseball or something, but golf is a sport that it seems that hockey players gravitate towards the most. And uh, I think it's, it's an easy thing to do where guys, there's a huge group of uh, uh, demographic of people, women, men that love golf. And uh, it's an easy sport to be able to go, yeah, I'm going to go play for five hours uh, with some friends. It's relaxing sometimes, not all the time. And, uh, and you know what, I get to play golf and help raise some money. And, and it's an easy thing to do trying to have a hockey tournament or a hockey you know, event or even a softball game <clears throat> or things like that. It's, it's a little tougher. So I think not because golf was the easiest, but I think it's the most widely accepted. So yeah, the, we're going to keep it going. We had our second year this year and next year, uh, we have bigger, better plans ahead and this these tournaments are already pretty fun so yeah no yeah, i'm excited i've had the obviously the honor to be the last couple and they uh, they've been great there's so much energy so much like uh, just people just having fun and just all for a good cause is that's what it's all about i think and and i guess that's how the connection with phoby comes in um especially with rob anson our ceo and and uh and your team has been able to build a a relationship with rob and with phoby and now we've heard from rob but we'd love to hear how you kind of got connected in with him and, and how you managed to uh, yeah, become friends and how that relationship has, has blossomed. Well, Rob and I come from the same area, which is funny. Uh, we didn't know each other back in Langley and in, in, on the bank, uh, Vancouver mainland, um, lower mainland. But uh, it's, it's good having those sort of uh, connections, whether it's six degrees or whatever it is. But Rob came on board because of uh, a friend of mine um, who was, he's an XBC lion and uh, he ran into Rob at a golf tournament the week before. And he said, Oh, I'm going to this golf tournament on Vancouver Island called the big world charity golf classic. He, since you live in Nanaimo, where are you going? And Rob said, Oh, I don't, I don't know anything about that. So he's like, well, it's Eric Pachette's tournament. And Rob knew who I was. So he said, Oh, okay, well I'll talk to them and see what happens. So Sarah connected with Rob. And Rob gave her the rundown of what Phoebe is all about. Sarah obviously was immediately interested and went, let's, let's see what we can do together. And this was the week before our tournament. And then all of a sudden Phoebe's involved and I couldn't be more thankful for, uh, for Phoebe coming into the picture and meeting Rob and you guys and your whole team. You're fantastic. And, uh, and then, yeah, here we are, um, year and a half later. And, uh, but I think we'll be working together for a long time. It's a great mix. And it's kind of introducing that tech aspect. And I would love to kind of get your your kind of insights and, and someone that's been in the industry through many different trends, um, obviously. How do you kind of stay on top of, of, like now we're into the worlds of social media and, well, not just, but like Spotify and we're going from tape to CDs to Spotify now and everything and social media and launching and, and then all this is just always changing. And I feel like the music industry is just always having to be at the forefront of that. Um, how, how have you been able to like stay on top of it? 
Yeah, I mean, it, you you have to adapt. You have to try and you can't really predict what's coming, but you can try and guess what might be next. Or as soon as it comes out, whether it's you know when streaming first came out, Spotify, people didn't understand it, and we were all like, "Why would no? Well, no, you can go to iTunes and you can get my songs. You can just download it. Streaming this doesn't make sense." But then you learn what it is right away and go, okay, I have to be a part of this. Everybody's going to be a part of this. It's streaming. People are going to be listening a lot more. Uh, not getting paid much, but you, you will, we're getting uh, more traction. So you, you adapt. So, I mean, I went from the era of, I always break it down to, I had to, I had to send out CDs to radio stations of CD singles to radio stations. And hopefully they would add it to their radio station or their playlist and, uh, you know, whatever. And then it went to the next level was digital downloads for them to upload. And, you know, and then you, you have to adapt. A lot of people were still sending out CDs, but we were ahead of the curve and sending out these digital downloads. And uh, that was the next phase of radio. And then now it's just you uploaded to a site. They upload it or they have a listen to it. And if they like it, they'll play it with music. Now too, you just have to adapt. You've got to figure out what's coming. And obviously with a, uh, a product like Phoebe, which you have for us to bring a new experience to our audience, to my audience, they can feel a part of a fan club, but also have it at the, at that in within their hand. You know, that's something that's, it's a little more personal now which I really, really love. So any way that I can become a little more personal to a fan, to a, a listener, to somebody who's new, who happens to stumble on my music, onto my music, um, this is a really, really great way of doing it. So, And and obviously what you're talking about is you've just launched your uh, Phoebe fan experience wallet path. Yeah. And then that kind of, like you're talking about, mm -hmm. You know, in my short time that I've I've got to know you and, and your team and everything, I, I get a real sense that fan experience is such an important thing for you. And even with your shows and how you kind of engage the audience and, and your fans and afterwards and mingling and, and all that good stuff. And it just takes the the, the, the fan pass takes you to that next level, uh, I guess. And, and maybe share a little bit of what benefits fans can get if they download the wallet pass. Well, our AP fan pass, as we're calling it, the wallet pass from Phoebe, uh, is is unique to anything that I've ever seen before. Because most people think, well, you get you put it in your wallet, like I do with my flights. I have my boarding passes and things like that. But this is different because you get you get an experience that that you don't normally get on a, that sort of a application. So you'll have special offers. Um, I can't say exactly what yet, but I would say maybe a percentage off of merchandise. If you go up to the merch table, you show your wallet pass and it'll say 20% off. That's a thing that most fans wouldn't get. They would have to, they'd be going through emails maybe or something, but this is right at the palm of their hand. So I think it's pretty cool. They, you know, we're gonna have offer VIP experiences for people with the fan pass, we might raffle off uh, backstage experience or come and meet the band, come and say hi to everybody. Maybe, maybe even who knows, come up and sing a song with us or something, you know, it might be kind of cool, something different. So I'm hoping there'll be thousands or tens of thousands of people who have the fan pass, but uh, they'll, they'll feel like they're one of one. And that's the most important thing to me because without the fans, Without having support of the fans, without having them come out to the shows, listening to the music, 
uh, watching, downloading, uploading, whatever. Without having those fans, you don't you don't have anything. And uh, they're the most most important people to me in my in my career for sure. So I want them to feel loved by us, by me, have a unique experience. And this is the way to do it. It's through the fan pass. I, I love the, how passionate you are to kind of uh give the give that experience to to, to your fans i think it's, it's it's wonderful to hear especially as a consumer of music and i listen to artists and to know that people like you are so passionate about okay how can i make this better it's great it's a great feeling so i mean wh- where do you see with the inclusion of tech and you know just the way things are going uh, how, where do you see the industry like going in this element in in the industry in general I mean, you always think, where could it possibly go from here? You know, CDs are amazing. They're, they're this laser technology. Wow, where's it going to go? It can't go any further than this. And then they have digital. They've got computers and you're, you know, you're uploading virtual music that actually technically doesn't even really exist. It's interesting. There's no tangible product, but I don't know where it's going to go from here. But I, I know that when it does start moving on to a different platform of some kind, I want to be one of the first people that notices it happens and be a part of it. I think honestly that with the fan pass, for example, it's something that I told my uh, my manager about it. And he said, what is it? And I told him, I gave him the rundown. He's like, that's a real thing? I said, it's a real thing. It's actually happening. Yeah. And here, here it is. So obviously, I think he's going to be con- <laughs> he's going to be communicating with you guys pretty soon here because he's uh, very intrigued. Because I know that it'll benefit not only for you know new music coming out, not only for uh, you know access to the website that you get tons of information, but for live shows for every aspect of my career. Uh, the fan pass is amazing for. So where it's going from here, I don't know. I'm 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 happy with where it's at, and when Phoebe introduces the next level of of what's happening in the uh in the entertainment world and any sort of communications through the internet social media i'm going to be there while i've got you and and your so many people know you and and have followed your story what would you say is the source of success what do you think has been a a real successful trait that you've been able to take through your through your career that that you could kind of give insight on Hmm, that is a great question. I've never had that question before. The one thing that I, that's helped me survive in this career, I mean, I'm 53 and I'm still releasing music to radio. I started late, I guess I was in my 30s, early 30s when I had my first first real radio success. But I think all those years prior where I was, you know, I, I was doing karaoke for two, three years at, in pubs and had to sing some nights only me there would be no nobody would come up and sing <laughs> uh, i think that there there's that there's playing in the bars for 10 years playing in clubs on a tuesday night and there's two people and that's it for the entire night that are in the crowd i think it's working at a, a dinner comedy club that i did for three years uh where i was a singer but i was also acting and dancing <laughs> but i think it was those experiences that wasn't just you know helping me create the person that i became as an artist was taught was that the the people watching are the most important people because those are the people that are going to matter to you for the rest of your career and they are they are really one of the top reasons i wouldn't say sole reason because you know i'm recording music and trying my best to keep in 
staying in the industry, but the fans are the reason why I do it. And they are one of the top reasons that I'm still doing it now. So, and it's important for me to give them the best experience I possibly can, not on just on stage, but off stage with obviously things like fan pass. And I'm not just saying that because we're having this discussion, but it is, it's important for me to keep them engaged and, and entertain them. And, uh, uh hopefully I'll still be doing this at 73. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. Well, hopefully the fan pass is still going strong and it's evolved. So to all our followers listening, make sure you download the AP fan pass and stay up to date with the, the tour coming up next year and the, and the new singles getting dropped. Well, Aaron, is there anything else that you'd like to kind of say or? I think uh, November 3rd is going to be the first single. January sometime is going to be the second single mid-January. The tour starts January 27th, goes right across Canada. So for anybody in Canada, I hope to see you out of the shows. It's going to be amazing. I'll definitely be there. The Liquored Up Tour. <laughs> yeah, you better be. <laughs> yeah, for sure, 100%. Well, Aaron, thank you so much for your time today. I really, we really appreciate it. I know this was a special podcast and and uh, I know our listeners uh, are going to enjoy listening. Oh, that's awesome. 